Would you release to us the spirit of revelation and wisdom in our hearts as we look into your word, as we receive it with humility and graft it in us that is unto the saving of our souls that helps to refresh us in our mind and in our will and in our emotions. Would you strengthen our will-making ability to make right choices with our words, with our actions? Would you keep watch over the door of our mouth and our lips, Lord? Would you strengthen us with divine might in our inner man that we may speak and bridle our tongue and uh, bridle our thoughts, that they would be pleasing to you and that they would bring life and refreshing to all of those around us. Lord, in this hour, I just declare prophetically over your church, rise up, church, and walk in the love of God. Walk in the salt and light anointing that we've been called to walk in, oh, Jesus. For such a time as this, we're all alive on this planet right now for a time like this. Lord, we didn't ask for it, but Lord, we rise up to it knowing that where sin abounds, your grace abounds that much more. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you have, uh, if you can, want to get online, uh, I've got notes to the message, uh, but if you don't, Get that, you can look at those later on, on our website. Um, I sent them out to some folks that I had emails on, so just to help you follow along. Um, the Lord changed my message uh, Friday. Uh, Friday afternoon, Suzanne and I were um, here, my wife Suzanne and I were here praying in the prayer room Friday afternoon, and um, we, we really had a burden in praying for our nation, praying for the church in our nation, and um, you know, when you have a burden, what you should do is pray. You know, don't, don't worry, war in prayer. Be, wor- be warriors, not worriers. And so uh, a burden is different than a demonic oppression, by the way. So we had a burden, we were praying, and, um, you know, we had just that the burden was basically there's been so much reaction going on in, in our country, so much hatred being fomented and ginned up. And it seems to me so many policies have been changing so rapidly. Um, and a lot of them don't seem to have had a lot of thought put into them. They kind of knee-jerk policy reactions. And so that was a burden on our hearts. And, you know, it seems as though so many right now are saying things that men want them to say rather than what God wants them to say. So many are doing things that men want them to do rather than what God wants them to do. And so I remember here Friday afternoon, Suzanne was praying this, Lord, you hear every conversation going on. Every, you know the motives of everyone's heart right now. And so I don't know if she prayed this, but I was praying it. Lord, what's on your heart for the church right now? What's on your heart for our nation? And it's almost like this little, this thing dropped out. I didn't hear angels going, whoa, but it's like it dropped in, this phrase dropped in my spirit. And I told Suzanne, and she's like, that's it. And the phrase was this, the fear of man 
is what's going on. The fear of man is what's going on. I felt in my heart that one of the main enemies we are facing in this hour is the fear of man. I want to talk about fear today, about how we can overcome two kinds of fear that are negative, that are not from God, and how we can replace those with the fear of God. The two kinds of negative fear are demonic fear and the fear of man. So I'm going to talk about both of those because they're really kind of intertwined. Paragraph A, Roman numeral one, talking about fear, I understand it tends to cause a negative reaction in us. I don't want to talk about fear. I want to talk about something cheery, you know, give me teddy bears and, you know, rainbows and all that. But, um, but don't let that put you off because the subject of fear, from my own, I, I can just say this, from my own experience and from studying the word, that when a believer is able to overcome negative fear and when they're able to walk in godly fear, they enter in to vastly more of God's promises in their life. They, enter, they begin to experience a way greater measure of the favor of God, of the blessing of God. So, so dealing with this subject of fear by the Holy Spirit is so important, especially in this hour. Mike Bickle, uh, head of the International House of Prayer, paragraph B, he made a statement somewhat like this. I don't remember the exact words. But he said, if you look back on your life, most, if not all, of the decisions you made that you now regret were decisions you made out of fear. In other words, you look back and go, oh, what did I do? It, you did what you did. You decided to do what you decided to do because you were afraid something bad would happen. I think that's so true. Roman numeral two. So first of all, I want to talk about a kind of fear that is not negative. It's, it's called natural fear. Just kind of get that out of the way because we're talking about this vast subject of fear. Um, natural fear is the kind of fear that is perfectly natural to all of us as human beings. It's, it's kind of like pain. Pain helps preserve us and keeps us from doing things that would harm us. Natural fear is kind of a protective measure too that, that God's given us. It's fear we normally experience in certain situations which are frightening. Like if you're on, on a roller coaster, you know, it's been a while since I've been on a roller coaster when you, that thing cranks up and you're at the top and, and then sometimes it's roller coasters in the dark, right, Kyle? The Disney World, right? It was in the dark. And, and then all of a sudden you go, and you're going down and you're, you've got a natural fear. As we come to the bottom of this thing, are we going to make it around the bend? Like, woo, you know. So I'm not, I, I guess I, I do know why people like roller coasters because of the adrenaline rush. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the age now where I'm not getting on a roller coaster. <laughs> Unless Lane, my, my granddaughter, gets up and says, Daddy, I mean, Granddad or Papa G or whatever I am. Get, can you ride the roller coaster with me? But, you know, right now I get enough adrenaline rush just, you know, trying to not slip on wet concrete <laughs> with, my, uh, with my flip-flops. No, I'm serious. I'm like, whoa, you know. Another, another kind of natural fear, which I can't say firsthand, but uh, such a blessing to all of our military, is when a soldier goes into action. 
goes into battle. It's a natural fear. These are natural fears. They're not abnormal, nothing to be ashamed of. They're natural. Roman numeral three, the first negative fear that we need to deal with is what I call demonic fear. The Bible has a lot to say about demonic fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control or a sound mind. So Paul says we do not need to be under the oppression or dominion of a spirit of fear. And so this, this verse clearly indicates that there is such a thing as a spirit, an evil spirit, a demon of fear. Now, Romans 8.15, it's on the back side of your notes. I want to include this in here because it's such a powerful verse. It says, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Do you ever feel like, like you're a slave to fear? You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father. Paul in this verse is contrasting the spirit of God that assures us that we are God's children with another kind of spirit, an evil spirit, that makes us a slave to fear. One thing we know is that God never produces slavery in his children. He doesn't want slaves. He wants sons and daughters. So the kind of fear that produces slavery is not the fear of the Lord. It is not good. So that's demonic Fear. Three things, paragraph A, three things that are marks of demonic fear that distinguish it from the fear of the Lord. Number one, demonic fear proceeds from Satan, not from God. The fear of the Lord proceeds from God. Number two, demonic fear tends to hold us back from obeying God. It's like Satan injects that kind of fear into us to keep us from doing things that God wants us to do. So this is exactly opposite. Demonic fear is exactly opposite of the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord motivates us and inspires us and empowers us to obey the Lord and to do the things God wants. Number three, demonic fear is tormenting. 1 John 4.18 says, Fear has torment. Not all fear but demonic fear. It has an element of torment. Torment is a sure mark of demonic fear. For example, those who suffer from claustrophobia, that's a tormenting kind of fear. There are those I know knew someone who was um, very afraid of getting on elevators. And he would climb however many stairs he had to to get to his hotel room because of this fear. I, I heard of another woman who was afraid to get on elevators. And when she and her husband, when she realized it was a demonic fear, she and her husband prayed against that spirit. And she got set free and never was afraid to get on an elevator again. So that's a demonic fear. Paragraph B, back to 2 Timothy 1.7, the mark of the Holy Spirit, if you notice there, is power love, and self-control or self-discipline. 
So any spirit that doesn't have those marks is not the Holy Spirit. How would we identify then, as we've looked at these verses, how would we identify a type of fear that is the demonic fear? It is tormenting. It is enslaving. It is obsessive. And it is irrational. And I'm telling you, (laughs) the amount of irrational rhetoric that I am hearing and exposed to day after day if I want to do that. That's why I come in the prayer room and go, (sighs) you know. But the amount of irrational rhetoric is just amazing. So God wants the church, he wants us to be rational and not be motivated by these other, this demonic fear. Roman numeral four, the second kind of fear that is negative is, as I said, the fear of man. The fear of man. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be safe. So fear of man here is not the same as trusting in the Lord. In fact, it is distinguished from it. The fear of man brings a snare. It trips you up. It keeps you from walking in the paths of righteousness. That's how dangerous the fear of man is. And the opposite there is trusting in the Lord. Wow, I don't know what this pressure is of fear of man. Well, the more we trust in the Lord, the more we walk free from the fear of man. Three marks, paragraph B there, three marks of of the fear of man, which distinguish it from the fear of the Lord. Number one, it makes man more important than God. The people who have the fear of man are more concerned about what men think than they are about what God thinks. And by the way, I just want to stop here. This is a um, one-size-fits-all message, okay? It's like an if-the-shoe-fits-wear-it message. I'm not going to give a whole bunch of examples because I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to speak to us as to where we're battling a fear of man or where there's a demonic spirit. So because I don't want to, you know, I just trust the Holy Spirit on that. So, um, so where, where you or where someone is, is more concerned about what men think than what God thinks, that's the fear of man. Fear of man is where God's opinion is not as important as the opinion of our fellow man. Number two, the fear of man, again, like demonic fear, it holds us back from obeying God. It snares us when we want to walk in the path of obedience and righteousness. That fear of man keeps us as a snare. It trips us up. Number three, fear of man is the opposite of trusting God. I said that a little bit earlier, but the verse we said there is the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. There's a safety when we trust in the Lord. So demonic fear and fear of man do two negative things in general. If I could summarize what they do. They keep us from, they tend to keep us from obeying God. I mean, we still obey God to a degree, for sure. They tend to keep us from obeying God and they tend to not produce peace in our heart. That's a huge point. The fear of the Lord empowers us to obey God 
And the fear of walking in the fear of the Lord brings us peace. And so there's like, um, so we talked about entering into the rest, the rest of the Lord. Well, the rest of entering into God's rest is directly related to walking in the fear of the Lord and being freed from demonic fear and the fear of man. One, I am going to give one example because this was one of my first main major encounters with the fear of man. I was a youth pastor of a large youth group in Waco, Texas. Uh, about a, probably 110 young people, 60 junior high, about 40 high school. And I was young. I was 25, 24, 25 years old. Um, and it was coming up for the big annual youth ski trip. You know, get the, get the Greyhound buses, drive to Colorado. Wow, so exciting. Well, started hearing months out of, you know, got to raise money for it, all that. The high school were like, we don't want the junior high to go. And the junior high were like, we want to go, we want to go. And the parents of the junior high were like, I think you should let little junior go. In fact, I'll give some scholarships to let the junior, you know, help. You know, they, they threw some money to sweeten the pot, right? The high school, the high school parents were like, no, they're, you know, they're trying to distance themselves and find their way. And then the junior high parents were like, we don't want the high school to go because they'll influence my little, my little teacup, you know, my little sunflower in the bad way. So I was starting to get all these barrage of different views. And I, it, I remember, dry, you know, in other words, I knew whatever, when I was driving along when Manger Street in Waco, it dawned on me, whatever I decide, whether it's all the youth group or just high school, Whatever I decide, a large group is going to hate me, going to be mad at me. And it was torment because so it was fear of man. I wanted people to like me. And it was, there was a demonic thing to it. I couldn't sleep. I was, so I remember when it hit me, I'm going to make a big group mad. I pulled over, serious, pulled over, and I just put the car in park, and I just screamed. Ah, I hate this. I didn't sign up for this, Jesus. I wanted to love you. And, you know, so, but the Lord showed me. He gave me an, a, a remedy, a, a solution, that Jesus was rejected for me. Isaiah 56, 3. On the cross, Jesus took my rejection. We're going to feel rejection. He took my rejection. And then Ephesians 1.6 says, we are now, through the blood of Jesus, we are now accepted in the beloved, in the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and in the family of God to a degree. So I realized when I'm feeling rejection, it's like a thing. It's like this water. I say, here's my rejection. I take it to the cross, knowing Jesus, you were rejected for me. And I make the exchange. I give the Lord my rejection and I receive by faith the acceptance that comes from his heart. And that, over these years, that was 1984. Over these years, it has worked and it continues to work in victory over fear of man and that demonic fear. Roman numeral five, I heard an interesting analogy a while back. And Suzanne reminded me of it on Friday. Bob Jones, a prophetic man, um, 
he would see fear on a person as like the person had smoke in their eyes. And he would, um, you know, and then so the idea was like during a fire, firemen will tell you this, when you go into a house that's on fire and the smoke is just filling the room, you get disoriented and you don't, you don't know what, you lose your sense of direction or where things are in the room. So it's different than having the lights go off. You know, sometimes I cross the room in the middle of the night, I turn off the light, but I know where the couch is and I know where the stairs are, but I'm still kind of in the dark. But it, when there's smoke filling a room, you're not even sure which direction you're going in. I believe that's what's going on in many circles right now both in the church and out in our nation. And so Bob would say to Mike, when they were praying for someone, he'd go, he got smoke in his eyes. And Mike knew what he was saying, was he's dealing with a demonic spirit of fear. In fact, I'll just say this, Galatians 3.1 talks about witchcraft, and the Greek word there is basically to blur the vision or smoke gets in your eyes. That's when witchcraft is operating. Finally, what is the fear of the Lord? Remember, it does the opposite of the fear of man and demonic fear. The fear of the Lord motivates us to obey God and empowers us to obey God. And the fear of the Lord brings peace to us. So we want the fear of the Lord. One easy way to get our mind around what the Bible says defines as the fear of the Lord is found in Proverbs 8, verse 13. Proverbs 8, verse 13. I love definitions because they kind of help crystallize it, what's going on. Proverbs 8, 13, according to the Berean Study Bible, says, to fear the Lord is to hate arrogant pride. I hate, it says, I hate evil conduct and perverse speech. So when a hatred rises up against arrogance, against perverse speech, against evil conduct, that is a main indicator that you're operating in the fear of the Lord and you're not filled with smoke in your eyes. You can see clearly what God's opinion is. You can speak from a place of peace and confidence as the Lord gives you revelation. Rachel, if you all could begin to come up. If you feel after this message that that that's happening to you in a certain way, maybe I've said some things or some of these scriptures have come forth and you're like, you know, I really feel this pressure more of a pressure to do what people are asking of me rather than what I believe God wants of me. And people are kind of pushing you into a corner. There's a lack of peace. You might even describe it as I'm somewhat feeling like I'm a slave to fear. Well, God does not produce slaves. He produces sons. He came to set us free. And so if, there, if you're sensing an oppressive, dark fear in your life that is not from God, I want us to pray right now. And I want you to, if it helps you, to bow your heads. And, um, because like that woman who was 
afraid to get on elevators. They, she and her husband prayed against a spirit of fear. We're not limited because we're online. It's right now, I encourage you, to, it helps me many times to bow my head. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would identify areas where we feel an undue pressure to go along with others because we want them to like us, because we want to be accepted. Lord, I thank you that you don't give me that kind of spirit that makes me enslaved to fear, that you don't give me a spirit that causes me to to just freak out in my thinking, but you give me a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So right now, wherever you are, we agree together. I agree with you right now online. We come to the cross and we thank you, Jesus, for defeating, disarming the principalities and powers of darkness, including fear and the pressures of fear of man. We don't want to be snared. So I resist right now. Everyone, I'm looking right at you now, right now through this. I resist the spirit of fear. I come against you and I command you to turn people loose and go from them right now in Jesus' name. Turn them loose and go. You've been defeated at the cross. And right now today, we enforce that victory over fear. And we receive now the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Just receive. Just open your hands and say, I, I now I receive the fear of the Lord. Right with that, I receive the peace of the Lord. I receive fresh confidence, fresh unction to obey. Lord, remove the smoke from our eyes we would see clearly and love more dearly. We want to love with real love, not flattery love, not, oh, this is what they think love is. Lord, we want to love the way, Jesus, you love. Fill us now.